Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen, Copen and Copenhagen. This is a podcast about hanging out in Copenhagen. You know, there's a church that's uh, just slowly falling into the ocean here in Denmark. Hello and welcome to the Sick Show Podcast, Coffee in Copenhagen on 97.7 FM. My name is Owen and there's a man here and he goes by the name of Marius. That is correct, sir. This is your modern guide to living in the city of Copenhagen. We so fucking about. modern. What is a modern guide? I don't know. I just say it. <laughs> I just say it. I don't think about it. We should do an episode that's like the prehistoric guide. <laughs> that would be fun. Anyway, sorry, carry on. This is a guide to living in the city of Copenhagen at Denmark, and we talk about Scandinavia. We talk about lots of stuff. Marius, mm-hmm. what are we going to be talking about today? Well, this one, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get into nature, Owen. Into nature. We're gonna look at what are some 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 nature sites you can go explore in Denmark. We have an interview uh, with Laura Hall from Visit Denmark, who's a, a travel writer and uh, uh, yeah produces content mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, that's gonna give us five top places to go. Five top, not top five. No, no, five top places. Five to go. top places. So there's five of them, and they're all equally brilliant. They're, they're equally brilliant. Okay, yeah. right. I, okay. I, I, she didn't specify which came first, so it's just the five top places. Five top places. All right. Um, it's very egalitarian that way. Laura. I like it. I yeah. like it. And <laughs> and uh, then we have a we go even deeper. Oh yeah. Once you're out in the nature, yeah. What should you look for? What kind of animals might you see? Yeah. And uh, we have um, a, a new correspondent uh-huh. attached to the show. Uh, Birgitte Blomst, mm-hmm. uh, who is, uh, yeah, she's like a, a hoppy nature, not naturist, because that's what we're <laughs> nudist, <nude. yeah. laughs> She's a hoppy sort of uh, wildlife expert. In okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, and she's going to give us uh, some interesting insights yeah. uh, today. I'm excited about that. Cool. And uh, yeah, that's then we'll round it off by sort of, uh, yeah, the hot tips will be Laura's uh, five top places. So uh, Five top, not top five, five top, five top places. Yeah. But we'll kick it off with a news round, though. Oh, we're doing news as well? Yeah, we're doing news as well. <laughs> um, All right, let's get into it. You're on sick. Yes, you are. Uh, there has been uh, there's been a bit of a incident uh, between Denmark and Russia. I don't know if you've heard about this. No. There was a Russian fighter jet, actually um, two. Uh, there were two Russian fighter jets of the type uh, Su- Sukhoi Su-30. Uh-huh. Which in the period from uh, 1108 to 1110 uh, and 1140 and 1142 on uh, l- uh, last Friday uh, moved into the airspace near Christiansø, which is uh, on Bonholm. The two Russian planes were warned that they were uh, on their way into Danish airspace, yeah. but didn't respond. Uh, immediately after the first approach, uh, the planes were overtaken by the Danish uh, F-16s uh, uh, fighter jets, uh-huh. um, which then uh, they then proceeded to follow the Russians uh, during the entire uh, sort of second violation. Oh, yeah. Um, the violation occurred during. Uh, Wait, so so they left. They left and then they came back into Danish airspace. They fly very fast. These planes. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> so well, like 50 kilometers an hour. A bit more, I think. 80. Bit more. She's not a hundred kilometers. Like <laughs> <laughs> They're fast. I'm, I'm not going to get into specifics. Yeah. I think they, yeah, thousand maybe. I don't know. I don't, I'm not. Don't question me about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that's why they were kind of like they're you know they fly by pretty much and okay. then they circle back around. So yeah. on the second violation, uh-huh. um, uh, but NATO was having their annual naval exercise, the Baltops in the Baltic Sea. Uh, therefore, about 40 ships, 60 aircrafts, and 4,000 soldiers from 18 countries were gathered in in the area. Um, oh, yes. So, so this wasn't an accident. This wasn't them getting a little bit lost. Definitely not. No, because that's not something that happens when you're in a fighter jet. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is not the first time. Uh, Russia has previously flown into Danish airspace in August 2020. A Russian fighter jet. Um, after an American uh, B-52 bomber flew over the Baltic Sea and over Bornholm. Um, so, uh, what, what are we going to do about this? Because that's, they, they, they've done it in Sweden. They've done it in Norway. Mm. And and why are they doing this? And what are we supposed to do? Because nobody wants a war, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but the, the Minister of Defense, Tina Bramson, said it was, it was a very serious provocation. Yeah. And uh, the um, Russian uh, ambassador uh, was called to a meeting at the foreign ministry. 
and Foreign Minister uh, Jeppe Kuffel uh, will sort of voice his concerns to NATO and EU. Mm. Uh, but probably that's about it, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, senior researcher as, uh, at uh, DIIS, Danish Institute for International Studies, when asked on why, uh, he sort of said, well, this provocation is likely that the Russians are simply testing what the response would be, uh, or perhaps just to show that a show of force they can do it. Yeah. And yeah, what yeah. are you going to do about it? Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's a little bit unknown what the what their sort of motivation is. They're mad for the old disruption, the Russians. Yeah. They love just sticking sticking fingers and just like just oh, just yeah yeah we're doing something here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I said this before or not, but um. There was a cyber attack on the Irish uh, health system, right? Uh, maybe yeah. maybe a month, two months ago, a month ago, two months ago. Uh, it was uh, by a Russian um, online criminal organization. Oh, right. And on national television, the government, or it was, it was reported that the government believed that this Russian criminal organization was backed by the Russian state. Mm. Uh, and that the they allow these criminal organizations to disrupt countries because it just helps Russia. Yeah. Like it's not directly one on one. They're not the gov- the gangs aren't working with the Russian government. The Russian government knows about them and lets them do it. And out of nowhere, they got an encryption code uh, to like uh, open up some of the the the, the um, cyberware that was like get rid of some of the cyberware that was in the Irish system, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like. So and everybody was asking, oh, so did we pay a ransom? And the the government and the, the organization was like, absolutely not. We just got this cyberware, like this encryption code, mm-hmm. or like this key to open up the, some of the things that were been lost. And there was a theory that Russia, the state, had stepped in and said, oh, listen, Ireland isn't important, so don't fuck around with them too much okay. because they're going through COVID and everything, and we don't really want to destroy a country, so hmm. give them something. Yeah, okay. And they reckon the state stepped in. Now this is all. Nothing's proven. Speculations, right? yeah. But it's just mad. But I mean, there's a bit the same with Denmark. Like, like we're we're a part of NATO, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're not exactly a threat no. to Russia in any way. Uh, so I, I I don't think it's directed necessarily specifically at Denmark, but I think it's tied to this the sort of a uh, show of force against NATO, yeah, and sort of testing our response, yeah. Um, And maybe they choose countries like Denmark because they fairly sure we're not gonna sh- shoot first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Denmark out of nowhere, full on attack on Russia. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That'd be a bad idea, also for Denmark, I think. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's been going on for years. This, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It probably won't stop either. Probably mm. is not the last time. Mm. But I, w- I would love to be a fly on the wall for when that Russian ambassador comes in mm. and he has to hear some Danish minister say, "Well, this, this is just not okay. <laughs> we simply you we must apologize, or we're gonna get a little bit upset." <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and then he leaves. <laughs> I don't think they give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, in other news, yeah. um. Nurses, yeah, they're going on strike. Oh. Yes, every tenth nurse in the municipalities uh, and the regions will go on strike uh, on Saturday night. Ooh. So this coming Saturday. Yep. Um, uh, on Sunday evening, a large majority voted no to a solution pr- uh, proposal. Um, the day, uh, such as the Danish Nurses Council and the Danish regions, otherwise had a, sort of agreed uh, after negotiations in uh, with the. Constellation Institute. That's probably a poor translation. Anyway, the the point being that there's been talks between sort of the nurses, um, sort of uh, organization, and mm. and uh, th- basically their employers and people who are responsible for making sure they get enough pay and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, the nurses have voted no to the proposal that was sort of suggested to better some of their circumstances they're working under. Okay. Uh, it was a lot. It was 74.4% uh, of the el- eligible nurses who voted against this. Um, and um, yeah, 
why such a strong no? Well, the nurses they feel like they uh, they work uh, very hard without getting the salary they're worth. Basically, they mm. think they have the, an education and responsibility and some tasks for which the they're not being honored. Basically, what would do you do you know what the, the a nurse's salary would be here? And um, I think I think it varies a bit. Uh, sort of a uh, but um, I know it's it's on par with sort of what uh, some yeah social workers and since my dad was a social worker i I think it's like they get raises sort of depending on how many years you work there Mm -hmm. but i think it starts very low i think it's as low as like twenty five thousand or something like that okay um and there's a lot of there's been an increase in sort of all the um uh, what's that called? Like admin stuff. Like they have to sort of um, write down everything they do. There's a lot of check on that. So yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. time is spent on that. And sort of they've made a lot of cutbacks yeah. also. Um, the government. So they're, yeah, it's their situation has gotten worse and worse. I remember mm-hmm. there was a strike, I think maybe 10 years ago also. Um, and the issue is sort of now that the employer, their employers, they insist that they, they have, n- there's no sort of, room to give them any more money mm. so potentially yeah politicians are going to have to get involved or it's going to be a very very long strike and sort of a bit of a hard no, uh, it's not the time for it. you want people in the medical uh, field striking yeah but then no, again no, it's no, also now is a good time yeah yeah I'm good like I don't good, I'm not, I'm not ag- I'm, when yeah, yeah. I say that I'm not against the nurses I'm saying like this is but you know, don't want nurses to have more pay on <laughs> you know what <laughs> that's what you're saying <laughs> That's not what I said. Yes. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> well, I'm gonna edit this episode. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, but it is this like when is a good time as a nurse? Yeah, there's probably never a yeah, good course. time, and yeah. and and they also have to sort of pick a time where it's like, well, you know, and show so- their how essential they are, and we should, especially during uh, having gone through COVID, sort of yeah. probably yeah yeah value them a bit more than we do yeah. And it's one in one in ten, did you say? So it's like ten percent of the nurse, the, the yep. nurses are, are going to go on strike. Yeah. So it's a um, like I'm sure they have some kind of system for sort of and rotation yeah. Yeah, and making yeah. sure that hospitals, you know, are still functioning. Yeah. Um, but they also have to make a sort of a, a strong stance yes. and sort of show and sort of there has to be an effect of it, or else strikes are, are kind of pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see, let's see where that what that leads to. Yeah. Um, hoping for. Some funding for them, at least, would yeah. be good. And uh, finally, uh, it is uh, the Euro Cup is taking place. I'm sure people have uh, have seen uh, some uh, hooligans and some hooligans and some bars being just ram-packed of uh, yeah different nationalities. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the Euro Cup, I think. It's fun to sort of sit at a bar and there's the whatever team you're playing against yeah. is sitting. Their fans is also sitting there. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not big on going to stadiums. I like my bars for football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Denmark played, and it was a bit of a, tra- a very not a bit a very tragic incident uh, where um, our well, it, 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 it's not tragic in the sense of like it didn't. Luckily, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in our first match against Finland, uh, at about 25 minutes into the match, uh, our our best player Christian Eriksen um, had yeah, fell over and had a, like a cardiac arrest. Yeah. Uh, and uh, was uh, luckily resuscitated uh, on on the pitch, yeah. but uh, yeah, I saw it myself live, and it was very, it was quite shocking. Yeah, uh, and I think I spoke to some other people, and like, yeah, but you know, like, you know, this happens all the time. What? Like, not to footballers, but oh. you know, to around the world, this happens to people. Yeah, um, and and you know, why do we make such a big deal out of it when it's a, a famous footballer? And and then there's a point in that, but I think to me why it affected me was just like this is a this is a man younger than me. He's 29. Mm-hmm. He's in uh, supposedly peak fitness condition, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he could have potentially died right yeah. there if he hadn't been resuscitated. So yeah. I think it was just sort of a <laughs> reminder of your own mortality, and it was just frightening to see that live on yeah. television. Like, but but also there, there's this kind of like <laughs> uh, there was this like. It was the first game, yeah, right? Yeah. It was the first big event that anyone's been to, like a live event. Yeah, like, yeah. It yeah, was, it was here in Parken. Yeah, 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 it was here in Copenhagen. It was the national team. 
And then for that to happen, it was just like, like there was, was this feeling of, hey, we're getting over, like, yeah. finally, we're getting over COVID. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck, Fox, you know? yeah, yeah. So, but like, I, I remember uh, I got a text straight away uh, about it from someone. I was I was working at the time, but I I, I, I mm. turned on TV. I was near TV, turned it on. Yeah. And it was like, like there's a collective silence within the country. Everybody was just yeah. like, oh. Fuck, yeah, holding their breath yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what's, 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 and I remember just being like, Holy shit! What's going to mm. What's going to happen here? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, turn of events. Yeah. But luckily, he is. He is like they're still doing tests on him, but he's he is he is. He's getting he's getting a mini pacemaker. Is he put in his, in his heart or something? Maybe not a pacemaker. Uh, it's this little device. I believe I need to, I need to double check, but I believe it's it's this little, uh, not a pacemaker. What's the um, uh, defibrillator? Defibrillator. There's this oh. tiny little thing where you can put it into your heart, and when your heart goes too low like the the beat goes too low or something it shocks you fucking eight. and actually kick starts the heart again huh. yeah I because they they I read that it was like they were, okay he's getting some this device put in and then I was listening to um somebody a radio uh, news show talking about what this does yeah yeah and it's it's a little kickstart to the heart and it's it actually pat when it happens you pass out <laughs> because it, it actually like shocks your body completely yeah yeah okay okay fascinating stuff hmm. but it's crazy that like you said like this guy's healthier than you know anybody Definitely I've me. ever met yeah. you know I mean <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and yeah, and yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah it's, uh, it's and then they lost the game then they fucking <laughs> lost the game well that was the whole other contro- controversy that they they that they continued the game and, and sort of UEFA gave them the choice of continuing or playing the next day at 12 uh-huh. and I think I know it's a ball ache for them to plan <laughs> this and uh, it throws a, a monkey wrench in the wheel for them but I don't think it was fair to give them that option and and what do you so what, what do you to, to, to that that like this is a traumatic experience yeah. like for me I was slightly sort of shocked yeah but I imagine sort of the, the players on the pitch and like they made this shield wall around him they yeah, like, were very emotional very yeah. emotional yeah. obviously and it's a traumatic experience when someone that like close to you yeah. a friend uh Yeah, has an experience like that. So, yeah. and uh, even for the uh, uh, players from Finland, like sh- I'm yeah. sure they were also uh, shocked. Um, so I th- I think it would have been the right thing to either call it a draw or had p- postponed the match. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Calling it a draw yeah. because we didn't lose. Yeah. Yes. So it's <laughs> it's and and had we won, yeah, probably I wouldn't have said this. <laughs> I would have been wow, and the boys came out and look how they fought and they overcame and for all, their uh, their fallen their comrade, friend, their yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah, if if I try to look at it, had it been any other country, I I I think yeah. it would have been the same. Yeah. I don't think it's quite fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, it's it's only football, so uh, the important thing is the the man is still kicking. <gasps> hey! Hey-oh! And that's the news. That's the news. Thank you very much for the news. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Weather's good. It is. Weather's real good. It's almost too good. It's almost too good. Uh, and and w- the world is opening up, but it's it's still kind of closed. Right? Yeah. We can do things, but we can't do loads of things. We can't go abroad. We need to be safe. We need to get oh two 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 things. One, I'm vaccinated. Hey. Yeah. I got I got the the J J. The J J. John Johnson Johnson. Johnson yeah. Johnson. Um. Uh. Yep. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. No. No. Uh, No, no soreness or anything. Arms still sore. Yeah, uh, I was That's fatigued straight afterwards. Oh, straight after. Yeah, yeah as in like yeah. within two hours, I was like, oh well, I'm I'm tired. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I had a nap, got up, and then I was like, I'm feeling okay, like just a little bit sluggish. Yeah. Then the next morning, I had like aches, as in like fluey, kind of like sore soreness. Mm. Took um, a lemsip, which is like oh. this. Co- you know lemsips? Yeah, I know lemsips. They're the best. You can't get them in Denmark. No, it's so annoying. I got, I got a guy. You I got, got a guy. A, I got oh, a guy okay. for it. I can get, like, lemsips are like this, like um, powdery powder drink, the yeah. mix. So you put it in hot water, and it's lemon flavored, and it's just like it makes you feel brilliant. A bit of caffeine in and yeah, some paracetamol. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does the trick. Perfect. So I have one of them in the morning. I got a guy, uh, and then I was fine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no clots, no nothing. One in a million <laughs> chance for the clots. It's w- literally one in a million chance for for the clots. Just okay. saying, and okay. that's that's my that's uh, just what that one is. Um, I'm not trying to sell it, so I don't know why I'm being like. <laughs> you got a guy? Sh- oh, yeah, yeah, got I, I got a guy. <laughs> so that's news. Also, thing I like most about the place, everything being open. Supermarkets are open late again. Yes, I love. That. Yes, like, my netto yes. open to midnight. Woo! Yeah, I can like for. 
so often I forget to buy something I can now go back to Netto and be like yeah. oh yeah let's go into that massive aisle with 500 different things that make no sense and I'll get sweet and sour sauce Uncle Ben's sweet and sour sauce okay. it's always there it's, it's always, always there. there anyway sorry totally off the point point was things are opening up but we need to be careful can't go too far abroad but here's the thing we got a lot right on our doorstep we do we do there's a lot of good stuff out here And we're very, especially talking. We're like we record in Copenhagen. We we talk about Copenhagen a lot. It's it's a Copenhagen podcast. Mm-hmm. But there's loads of stuff we can do in Denmark. Yeah. And we wanted to talk to the people who would know absolutely the best things to do in Denmark, which is visit Denmark. Yes. They're the guys who sell Denmark to the world. And we got Laura Hall on, and she gave us the five top, not <laughs> top five, the five, five top, top places, places to visit in Denmark. And we had a nice little chat with her about Visit Denmark and what they've been up to too. Let's have a listen. Really interesting. We've had, obviously, a very tough year. Like everybody in tourism, um, nobody's been able to come into the country. So we've had to shift our strategies and think about new things. Mm -hmm. And now we're starting to get tourists back. Um, And, yeah, we're busy. There's there's all these great places to go Mm -hmm. and all these tourists that are ready to travel. So we're starting to tell great stories about things that they might have missed over the last year while they've been in lockdown in the UK or mm. in the US, in Germany, in Italy, and say, you know what, come to Denmark, come and explore here. Mm. Um, Denmark's done, hesitate to say done well through COVID, but I think um, we really feel the, the government has acquitted itself very well and is very clear about the rules mm-hmm. um, and managed the whole process really well. So I think because that seems to come across well in the international press, it's given a great confidence to tourists to feel that they can come here and they'll be safe. Ah. And they already know it as a country that is well organized, has a good healthcare system. You can trust what's happening here. You don't feel like something's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it did go wrong, there'd be people to help you out. So I think all of that safety and security and trust is really is really important right now when you're going on holiday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that makes a lot yeah, of sense. We're, we're in a good position, I think. Um, Were, were you yeah. targeting Danes then uh, during sort of the lockdown instead? Was that's right. We did for the for the last year. That has been the only tourists in Denmark have been Danes, and that's a super interesting proposition because you think Denmark's not that big, and you think most of the people in Denmark, you they must have been everywhere, right? Yeah, not <laughs> the case at all. No. I think there are people in Denmark who've probably been to Greece and Italy and Spain more than they've travelled around their own country, mm-hmm. and uh, you'd see that in every country. We've been able to reintroduce to them this idea of what Denmark is. Um, and come and see all these cool things that are happening. There have been some great openings, some really interesting things to go and explore, um, and just all these hidden spots. Mm-hmm. So we ran something really cool on Instagram last year called Bar Denmark, like just Denmark, mm-hmm. um, and an advert that went with it that was talking about when you talk about where you're going on holiday this year, don't say to people, I'm just going to Denmark. Say, I'm going to Denmark, it's great. Um, <laughs> so we got people to, put, to, to post pictures of where they've been and just hashtag it bar Denmark just Denmark mm. um and yeah we just had so many great pictures of people having great times wonderful experiences and rediscovering and the love for their own country and that's been so great so uh that's continuing this year I think a lot of people will still be staying in Denmark yeah um, yeah for sure because sure. it's a little uncertain I don't know what's going to be happening this summer really so I'll give you a bit of inspiration and the, and the places to see yeah and otherwise just search for the hashtag bar Denmark on um, Instagram because all these little hidden spots that local people know that maybe aren't shared more widely you'll find mm-hmm. them on there it's quite a cool little tool how, how did you uh, how did you get involved with the uh, visit Denmark I can see you are a, a, a writer um <laughs> That's right. I'm a I'm the senior content manager at Visit Denmark, and I look after the UK and US markets and international markets as well. Okay. Um, I yeah, I've been a travel writer for about 20 years, and I moved to Denmark about four years ago. Mm. And I was super lucky that an opportunity came up to work at Visit Denmark um, when I when I was looking. Um, it's yeah, I've I've been writing for travel magazines and promoting destinations and working with hotels and doing lots of work along along those lines for a long time. And then to be able to step into destination marketing and branding was mm. super exciting. How do you how do you sort of make a brand out of a country and, and sell it abroad and yeah. <laughs> make it seem coherent and consistent and make it seem exciting and somewhere you want to go? I think it's it's a really great challenge. It's really interesting to see. You have uh, picked five places for us to visit. Where should we be going in Denmark? All right, your first trip is going to be taking the train from Central Station in Copenhagen, assuming you live in Copenhagen, and going up the coast. And I think your first stop should be Durham, 
which is the the big deer park mm. you might also know Bakken if you have kids that's kind of a cool place to go as well mm-hmm. and to just take a walk in these dark woods there's it's just lovely walking trails and loads of deer and that's a really nice gentle easy nature experience straight out of the city um if you, you can take the train all the way to the coast if you like i mean go all the way to gilalaya um go to tisvildalai all the coastal areas up there are absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. um and you know you're never more than 31 miles 50 kilometers from the beach wherever you are in Denmark so these are some of the nicest broadest um white sand beaches in in uh, this part of the world so that's the super cool thing to do and if you want to do some more woodland exploration Mm -hmm. there's there's this series of former royal hunting forests from back in the days when the kings were hunting for stags um it's really cool to go to camp adventure I don't know if you've been there yeah, I've been there. Yeah, about an hour south of Copenhagen, you've got to take a car um, and either walk up the forest tower that they've got there, which is lovely, mm-hmm. or go for a walk in the woods, explore Gisselfeld Manor. Um, this whole area used to be a royal hunting ground as well. Um, oh, that's, that's cool! That's I didn't know that. Nice to Roy- okay, because well, it was also a, uh, used to be the royal hunting uh, sort of field exactly. garden. Yeah, yeah. What's the building uh, in in? Um... The deer park. Isn't there a really nice, beautiful? Uh, there's there a is a beautiful castle, hill. Yeah. yeah, on the hill. Yeah. You can't go in it. I don't think. Um, no, I is don't it, know much about it, it. I'm sorry. Do you call that a castle, Marius? I mean, it's a, it's a tiny castle. It's a it's a big house. It's a big house. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a castle. It's like a, a manor. Can you call yeah, that a, a manor? Let's a manor go about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's beautiful. I've seen that before. It's a really beautiful thing to, to yeah. uh, kind of appreciate. The it's called the Imitation Slot. It is called a castle. Slot is really? castle in Danish. Yeah. Really. I believe, a small I believe country. it's a hunting lodge. Hunting lodge. Ah, yes, that's actually lodge. what it was. Yeah. Okay. But you can't, I don't think you can go in it. So I think it's just admire it from the outside and take some nice pictures of it because it, it does look mm. great in this. Most, in this honestly, that's the way I appreciate most beautiful houses. I, I never get inside them. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> okay, that's a that's a nice close one for anybody here in Copenhagen. Yes. Uh, what about a little further afield? If we were going to a little, go a little further, where could we go? Well, I am a huge fan Oh, again, I'm going to the beach, but if you go down to Munsklint, which mm. is south of Copenhagen, mm. um, there's this big white chalky cliff and it is super cool to go to. You park in the car park, walk down what feels like hundreds of steps. I think it's over 200 steps mm. right down the cliff. Mm. Um, and, and you find a beach, really impressive, dramatic cliffs um, and a great place to go fossil hunting. Mm. So I took my kids there. We found some amazing fossils. It was really fun. And um, just walking around, you've got water, you've got beautiful views, lovely colours all around you. It's really cool. That's one cliff you've got there. Mm-hmm. And you've got another cliff called Stamens Clint. Mm-hmm. And that is really interesting. Um, it's a UNESCO site. It's just a little bit further down the coast from there, or further up the coast from there towards Copenhagen. There is a line in the chalk cliffs there which is we think is the ashes of dinosaurs it's the line that shows when the comet supposedly hit the earth and all these and and all life kind of ended or a significant amount of life ended (laughs) i'm not a geologist you can hear this in my explanation but i i kind of wowed about that wow that's like a place you can see what happened in prehistory how amazing Mm. so um there's going to be a new a visitor center there i think either next year or the year after that's talking that's interpreting all of this history in a, in a um, super coherent way but it's a unesco <laughs> and it's uh, that's kind of fun laura you and i have uh, like we've seen big big cliffs you're you're from england i'm from ireland we know what a big cliff is we, we know what an impressive oh yeah are, are these cliffs like proper cliffs because i've i've never seen them i haven't seen cliffs in denmark before oh Such a good question. And I felt the same the first time I went. I was like, why is everyone making a fuss about some cliffs? I've seen <laughs> Beachy Head in the UK. I've I've seen all sorts of cliffs, like the White Cliffs of Dover, whatever. Yeah. Um, is this actually really going to live up to that? But And I think it does. I think it's really dramatic. It's powerful. It is a yeah. bit of dramatic scenery in Denmark. And I think we have so much scenery here that feels very human scale, very close to you. But <laughs> mm. that is one thing that's kind of wow. Um I I would recommend it. I think it's great. Nice. Yeah. And if you're there mm-hmm. in the same area is a dark sky zone and that is um one of 44 places in the world, the only place in the Nordic region that um has a dark sky park. Which I've means never it's, heard it's of protected. this. So it's an area that's protected from local light pollution so nobody is allowed to disturb this now and you can stand there on a dark night and see the Milky Way and the Andromeda Galaxy. Wow. It's pretty cool. 
Um, there's a campsite right by Minsklin. Okay, it's a really I'll... nice camp, Minsklin. That's there's what I was going to ask. Midnight walks. Yeah, yeah, really cool place to go. And and I, I recommend, you know, taking a nature guide and mm-hmm. going to do sort of a, a dark sky walk with them, and then they'll tell you what stars you're seeing and how it all works. Um, but it's that's again super dramatic. So those two things together, Minsklint and the dark sky part, would be really fun. And what if what if we were willing to to get off land? What if we were going to venture to the ocean? Where would we be going? Where would we be going? Ah. Uh, There's so many places to go, mm. but um, I think number three on my list, I would head for the Wadden Sea. It's a national park, another UNESCO-listed place, um, I think for its wading birds and its bird life and the, sen- the scenery around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a fun place to visit because um, you've got some islands offshore, oh. um, Homo and Feno. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Feno has got some lovely little houses and lovely beaches. Um, and also the Wadden Sea is known for its oysters. Mm. So if you like oysters... You can just go and pick them out of the sand. I think it's kind of amazing. Uh, oh, wow. There's a guy who does oyster safaris over there, yeah. and he's called the Oyster King. And <laughs> you, you put your waders on. Where's that Netflix documentary? <laughs> Forget <laughs> about the Tiger King. I want to hear about the Oyster King. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Let's write that. <laughs> But yeah, you go out, go out to waders and pick up loads of oysters out of the sand, and then he grills them on a barbecue with some strawberries and some sea buckthorn afterwards. Mm. I think it's a super cool way to spend the day. Wow. Um, and we've just had a, a, literally now it's June, so just this month a new architectural tower has opened in the in the Wadden Sea area, designed by Bjarke Ingels Group, so oh. that you can. You can climb to the top of the tower if you love bird watching. You're going to see some great birds from there. Ooh. If you just like looking out at the sea, it's the North Sea. Just have a great view, see what's going on. Um, it's a really interesting way to look at nature mm. because it's bringing design into it. And I love that. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Very nice. What about Jutland? If we were going to go to Jutland, if we're really going further now. Yes. Have you been to Jutland? Uh, I've been to Aarhus, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does that count? Aarhus is a great place to start, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because from Aarhus, you, you don't have to travel very far to get into nature. I think half an hour from the city. You can even cycle from the center of the city into the beach. Really? So there, there's oh. a lot just around Aarhus. It's mm. a super cool place to start a nature adventure for North Jutland. But let's get dramatic, right? Mm-hmm. You want to see big waves. You want to have a dramatic coastline. Um, yes. Maybe you want to surf. You want oh. to be in North Jutland. Oh. I mean... You come from Ireland, right? Have you mm-hmm. ever surfed in Ireland? Yes, I fought. Well, no, I've I've uh, repeatedly fallen off boards in the water. That's how I would describe well, it. Well, <laughs> you could you could do that in Thailand. So it's <laughs> a Clitmuller, really fun place to fall off boards in the water. Um, we've got a little spot there called Cold Hawaii, which is cold mm-hmm. and not that much like Hawaii. It's cold. You can surf there. Loads of surf schools and um, opportunities for getting involved in water sports. So that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Other features of North Jutland, well, there's there's tons of stuff to do and see up there. We've got this uh, this lighthouse place called Ruberknud. Have you heard of that? I've seen photos of it. That that's that looks amazing. I that doesn't so ring a bell for me. The at story all. behind this place is that it's in it's in a part of the country where the sea is really eroding the cliffs and and the land around it. Mm-hmm. And a, a couple of years ago. That was a real problem for this lighthouse because it's an iconic lighthouse that everybody knows about. It's in all the pictures of North Jutland. It's getting a little bit too close to the edge. Mm-hmm. So um, the team up there decided we need to move the lighthouse. We can't let it get swallowed by the sea. What should we do? Um, and they built a kind of like a railway line and they put some wheels underneath the lighthouse. Uh-huh. So it was like a little bit like a giant roller skate and they wheeled it. Uh-huh down this track just inland a bit further so super weird engineering problem to solve yeah <laughs> now it's come inland a bit so it's going to be safe but that's a cool place to go and see and find out about what happened there and see yeah. all the shifting genes um yeah and, and a bit of drama i think it's really fun mm. since you're up in north Jutland, the final the final thing you need to do if you're going to go that far look just go a bit further go mm-hmm. to the very tip of denmark go to skane which is absolutely delightful town really charming mm-hmm. um and then Go to Kleinen, which is at the tip of Denmark, where the two seas meet. So you've got the Kattegat and the North Sea. Um, you can actually stand with one foot in one sea and one foot in the other. Is it and tr- it's really fun. Is it true that the the, the waves actually like collide? Like you the, you mm-hmm. can actually see yeah. the seas meet? 
Yeah, you can see it. There's oh. a slightly different coloration in the water. No so way. It's really fun. And you've got to take a picture of that. You've got to say, I've done this. I think that's a really great place to go. But up there in the north of Jutland, you'll just see the scenery is really quite different from the rest of Denmark. Yeah. Um, it's a place, we talk about the West Coast as being like the Wild West. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like the Wild West, is it? But it's, it is <laughs> more dramatic, windier, bigger waves. There's yeah. just a lot more action happening there. Mm. Um, and, and everywhere else is... A little bit more hoogly and cosy, mm. um, so there's a bit of contrast. You should, you know, try try a bit of that as well as your Copenhagen experience because it's a, it's a cool thing to do. Everybody says Denmark is flat. You know, there's that kind of like joke that oh, it's a flat country and everything. It isn't that flat. Like if you get out, of, <laughs> if you get out of Copenhagen, like I was in, I was uh, like north of um, Zealand this week. I was I was uh, like kind of inland from um, Helsingborg, mm-hmm. and It's quite hilly up there. Yeah, we have hills. We I just know, don't have... Yeah. Ma- yeah. Okay, no mountains, but it's not flat, flat. I mean, it's like interesting landscape. You can get beautiful <clears throat> vistas, if yeah, you Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. yeah, you definitely can. And, I, and I'm quite inspired by seeing some of the nature painters from the 19th century mm. and going to... Uh, I really love that because I'm a bit of an art nerd. And, and to go and see those landscapes mm-hmm. in galleries, there are just like rolling fields and beautiful mm. colors and i think you still see that now i think it's really gorgeous yeah. but it's undeniable there's there isn't the drama that you have in norway in the scenery no and there isn't the forest and lakes that you find in sweden but that's a really different quality to those nature and it yeah. is that kind of just that human feeling it's really approachable it's easy to get to places um it's easily accessible but you can still feel lost in it so yeah. I yeah. think it's a really good combination, and and I think that that's that's something we should remember that it is actually quite easy to get to these places. Like if we're yeah. based, say let's for instance say if we're based in Copenhagen, it's you know train is yeah, traveling by train is so easy, is not easy that. And I think there's isn't there there's still that um, special ticket you can get for for the summer. It's like 400 kron for a tic- train ticket. That's it. Yeah. Just just check it out on the website because if yeah. you can get a hold of one of those orange yeah. tickets, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so it's... much cheaper. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I I actually dream of taking the the seaplane to Aarhus. I don't know if you've ever oh, done me that. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, 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 no, it's that's uh, <laughs> my bucket so list. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah the best way to get around. Surely everyone should go by seaplane. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, do you know what Freelessly is? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, Marius does. So. <laughs> this is one of these untranslatable Danish words, uh-huh. which we all love. Free um, air life. Yep. <laughs> But free, exactly. Li- living life in the free air or yeah. getting yeah. out into the free air and not uh, fresh air and not spending too much time from the telly. Mm. I don't know um, quite how to describe it properly, but a lot of my Danish colleagues have talked about it. And it's about this just being in love with the outdoors and it just being part of your life. And it's Swedish, Norwegian and Danish concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting to think about it as a as a Brit and I spend a lot of time indoors and if it's raining I don't go outside mm. and I see all my Scandinavian colleagues no just put a coat on and go outside and explore don't worry about going hiking in November we'll do it yeah. um, I think it's a really great attitude to embrace the outdoors like that there's yeah. no so, such kind of thing fun. as bad weather only inappropriate uh, clothing as a Danish thing <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take your your advice and, and check out the cliffs I I know what a good cliff looks like so it, it, it I'm ex- I'm you know I want to see this I skeptical see but I'm skeptical, uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm, <laughs> I want to see it it's worth it's worth the trip yeah. um, and I'm going to the uh, the oyster king that's <laughs> I have to see what that is all about <laughs> and make that Netflix documentary. There's def- definitely a story to tell. I don't know if it's as dramatic as the Tiger King. I'll get him to kill someone and uh, something. <laughs> we'll make it interesting. <laughs> He's probably got an ex-wife stashed away somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. You've got to film there's something like that to <laughs> Laura Hall from Visit Denmark, thank you so much for talking to us. Yes, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you to Laura. Mm-hmm. That was... Uh, It's so nice as a Dane also. This is, I've said this many times on the podcast, but I'm learning so much about my own country. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff there yeah. uh, to go check out. And uh, we do have some beautiful nature. We do. Yes. And not only that, um, we also have some wildlife. Yeah. And uh, uh, to talk about that and to give us more insights and uh, so we, we know what to look for when we're checking out Laura's uh, uh, recommendations... Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we have a, a, a special correspondent. Yes, we do. Uh, a, a Danish uh, woman called uh, Birgitte Blomst, mm-hmm. who is uh, sort of a, a, a hobby um, sort of wildlife expert. Uh-huh. And uh, she reached out to us um, because I think she's part of sort of she's been 
uh, she knows Frederiksberg yeah. at the local radio station. Yeah. She's been listening in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she contacted us and kind of inspiration for her. We wanted to do this episode also to, to like she would like to sort of uh, teach you internationals out there yeah. about what kind of wildlife there is. Fascinating. And we, 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 we had to say yes. This was too good an opportunity. Of course. So uh, uh, welcome to Birgitte uh, Blomst to the studio. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. I'm I'm very happy to be here. Um nature and wildlife has been a passion of mine for for over 55 years. 55? 55 years. I have a very big garden up in Charlottenlund. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've traveled uh, all over Denmark mm-hmm. uh, taking small samples and and uh, photos and uh, just studying the Danish wildlife. Mm-hmm. And uh, well today uh, I'm honored to be on the show. And I would like to uh, talk about a very special bird. Uh-huh. Uh, but first, yes. let me set the scene a little bit. Please. Because uh, maybe your listeners don't know quite what, what kind of uh, nature we have here in Denmark. Mm-hmm. So uh, Denmark is, uh, as you maybe know, situated at the sh- threshold between the Atlantic region and the European continent. Between the Saline, North Sea and the Brackish waters of the Baltic Sea. So Sorry, are you are you literally just... Telling us where Denmark is. Yes, I, th- I think we we have a good idea of of well where where the country is. Okay, well, but sorry, I, I was interrupting. Please continue. Continue. It's, it's an introduction. But I, I understand. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Due to the very changeable climate, with considerable regional differences, wildlife in Denmark is is plentiful and multifarious, as Danish nature is the natural home for a large number of plants and animals. Mm. Around 30,000 species in total. The Danish national animal is the mute swan. The, sorry? The mute the mute swan. Mute swan. Yes. It's the white one. Okay. Which is famously known for its snow white feathers and for being the main character in Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale, Den Kremeling. The, the Den Kremeling. Sorry? Den Kremeling. Okay. Uh, but let's take a closer look at the mute swan. I can't. The, the photo doesn't work. We were on. We're on a, a radio. Don't show. worry. I have some audio. Ah, I will play okay. a little later. Well, let me read. Okay. Tell you. The mute swan. Yes. This is the overview. Aggressive bird, entirely white, orange bill with large black basal knob and naked black laws. Sorry. Naked black laws. Naked back laws. 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 Yes. L O R E S. Laws. Laws. Yes. Curved neck is often stained with pigments from iron or algae. Legs and feet are black. Feet on aquatic plants collected from bottom. Direct flight with strong, steady wing beats. Uh-huh. Yes, that was the overview. This is you 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 you're, you're very you're very factual with your information. Yes, then. it's important to be factual. Because how else would you recognize The bird. Well, it was just when you when you actually wrote to us, it seemed like you were much more of like a. This was a passion for yours, and I thought it was going to be a bit more. Like you don't think sto- I sound passionate? No, you. you this you, is me being passionate right now. Okay. No, it was just I thought maybe it was slightly going to be agitated soon. Also, if you keep interrupting this, uh, this. Uh, Sorry, I no, I'm no. We're very happy to have you here. Yes, and uh, Miss. Biggie, Biggie, Blumst, Blumst, Miss yes. Blumst, <clears throat> Miss Blumst. Yes. yes, that's flower in Danish. Did you know that? I didn't. Oh, nice. Did you got Biggie? Yeah. So what you say, Marius? Sorry, I just said something in Danish. I, I, of course, know it's Blomst, this flower. I, uh, it's a very lovely name, Piggy. I'm sorry, Owen is constantly interrupting. You carry on. Thank you. Thank you, Marius. That was very to, polite. I'm just trying this to... polite, man, this Marius. That's nice. <laughs> Range and habitat yeah. is the next segment. Mm-hmm. The mute swan. This swan is native to Europe and Asia. It prefers fresh water salt marshes, and protected bays. Now, what does it say? What does the swan say? I, I, I don't It's a mute swan. Yes, so does it make noise? Yes, it does. Oh. And uh, first, first, I would like to play calls from young as they follow parents. So this is the calls of the mute swans, mm-hmm. little ducklings, yeah. when they follow du- the parents. They, would they be called ducklings? Yes. Okay. That's the that's the little little ones. Right. It's the ducklings. Mm-hmm. Can you hear? I can. Yeah. It's a wonderful, wonderful sound. Mm. 
Now, we're going to hear snorts and grunts from a pair. <laughs> Sorry? Snorts and grunts from a pair. This is when they're... They should maybe be a little careful if the, you hear them say this. Okay. This means they're getting aggressive. Have you ever had to deal with it? I've had to, yes. Yeah. If you get too close sometimes, yeah, you'd be a little scary. How close have you been? I've been very close. About yeah. an arm's length. An arm's length? An arm's length. That's very close to a swan. I I believe you. I'll tell you some interesting facts now. Please. Yes. The mute swan is less vocal than the noisy whopper and Beckwick's swan. Mm. The most familiar sound associated with them is the whooshing of their wings in flight. The phrase swan song refers to this swan and to the legend that it is utterly silent until the last moment of its life. And then sings one achingly, I'm getting a little emotional, mm-hmm. and then sings one achingly beautiful song just before dying. Mm-hmm. In reality, the mood swan is not completely silent, as we just heard. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. that was the mute swan. Mm. It's not silent. They are the national bird of Denmark. Of the kingdom of Denmark. Kingdom. Yes, mm. it's a kingdom. They're very territorial. The familiar pose with neck curved back and wings half raised, known as busking, is a threat display. Mm-hmm. There have been many, many reports of mute swans attacking people who enter their territory. That's what I did one time. <laughs> I was just walking near uh, uh, some, some fresh water, mm-hmm. and uh, I got a little close, and then suddenly a, a duck... Oh no, not a duck, a swan. <laughs> Just charged me. Charged you. And it's it said this sound. Ha! Oh. Yes. Which is unusual because normally it's snorts and grunts when it's aggressive. Oh, as as, you, as it, we've heard. Yes. Oh. So I was a little confused. <laughs> as I and, as am I. Yes, and and I stopped in my track. Mm. And that's when it came oh, an arm's length of me. That's this is when this yes. uh, okay. Mm. And then I ran. Uh-huh. And I got away. That's why I'm here today. But I I appreciate this one. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that uh, their wings are believed to be so strong that they can break a person's arm with one hit. And if that's not a magnificent feature on a bird, mm. then I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Finally, a group of swans has many collective nouns. Do you know any of them? I, 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 I No, no. They can be a ballad of swans. Ballad? A bevy of swans. Bevy. A drift. Drift. A regatta. Regatta. And a school. School. Just like the fish. Ah, okay. Yes. Mm, very so interesting. I highly recommend that you uh, go and observe the mute swan. Where can we find the mute swan? You can find it, uh, as I told you. Oh, yes. It, yes. You remember no, the I range and habitat when I told you this? I I remember that. That was that was very nice. Um. So you need to go to some fresh water over, uh-huh. or uh, it could also be, you know, um, near some some sort of a, a lake. Okay. Yeah. So just anywhere. Any, you could just find them anywhere. Any water. Any much. water. Is that correct, Bishida? Yes. Yes, pretty okay. much. Couldn't you have just... But it prefers, okay, right. it prefers fresh water, okay. salt marshes, yeah. and protected bays. Okay. And this is the national yes. bird of Denmark. The f- kingdom of Denmark. Kingdom of Denmark. Yes, don't right. forget that. I, I shan't. Yes. We're an old old kingdom here. Uh, uh, old is... Yes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> you know about that. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, that was that was, that was my my little introduction to the mute swan oh. and, and nature in Denmark. Thank you very uh, thank you very much, Miss... Um, Bikiri. Miss uh, B- Blumst. Yeah, Tuck. Thank you, Pigidi. It was wonderful to have you in the studio. It's very fascinating insight. I hope you come again. We'd love to hear more about uh, what other animals are out there. Yeah, um, yeah, like maybe a wolf or something. We could talk about the. Oh, wolf they're or... very dangerous. Y- yeah. Yes. Um, and there, there's not that many. No. Yes, but maybe, maybe I'll come back and tell, talk to you about the wolf. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow. That was interesting. No, it wasn't. What? That wasn't interesting. I thought that was fascinating. She literally it was like she read from a Wikipedia page. I I I thought it was very to the point and factual and sort of You you no. you said that this was going to be really fun and she was very excited and she was very passionate. Yeah. That I mean I I I could hear the passion in her voice. <sighs> I I'm sure. Well, look, I can I, tell I know. she loves she loves birds and that can break arms. Yeah. 
Well, look. have you ever been close to Aswan? I've 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 tried it myself. <laughs> what? I've, yeah, once uh, out by, um, you know, on the other side of Christiania, there's kind of a a nice walking path. Yeah. And I uh, I was sitting there, and then uh, apparently where I sat was where uh, two swans had nested. Uh huh. So <laughs> they. <laughs> So you were just sitting in a swan's nest. Not in it, but I was sitting very close to the swan's <laughs> right, nest. Yeah, and yeah. sort of lying on the grass <clears> and it was summer. Yeah. And suddenly they just came from both sides, yeah. sort of from the water. And I just, they're, they're just heading straight for me. Yeah. And then they just got up and they're... <laughs> really? Yeah. Ooh. I got fucking scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much to... Uh, um, what? Birgitte Blumst. Birgitte Blumst. Yeah. I'm never going to get that right. BB. Uh, BB. <laughs> Called BB for now. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure we can, we'll, we'll have her back to talk about some fascinating Danish wildlife that we should know more about. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are we doing? <laughs> hey. Okay, so Marius, give me uh, hot tips. No, but Laura did. She did. She did. I thought they were very hot. Um, and and we're gonna post sort of uh, links so you can uh, read a little bit about it and uh, see. Some pictures of it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, them gonna be the hot tips. Them the hot tips. We got. But five. Yeah. Five top. <laughs> five top. If I were to like pick ones. Yeah. Uh. Because I've I've been to Duhaun. Yeah. Uh. I've been to Camp Adventure in the in the Royal Hunting Forest. Yeah. I've been to the Clints. So I would definitely check out this Dark Sky Zone. Yeah. Uh, sounds cool with the campsite. Mm. Uh. I I I I. I think I've been to this island fanery where the oyster king was, um, <laughs> but it's ages ago, and yeah. and I know they are very very lovely those islands. So yeah. maybe the wait and see and uh, the the islands nearby and yeah. get some oysters, and uh, yeah, Skein, Skein, like the the very tip of Jutland, fascinating place. Yeah, I want to go there actually. Yeah. I do want to go there. So um, that's the show. That's the show. Yeah, we did a show. We did we did another one. Nice. Uh, check out the Facebook page for links to all those um, locations we were talking about that yep, Laura yep. suggested. Yep, yep. Uh, and check it out for um, all. We, we we've started doing a lot of hot tips during the week. Yeah. On our uh, not this week, but not uh, this week. They're coming. <laughs> they're coming. Uh, when Marius gets the when when he, when he gets that feeling, he sticks up a hot tip for you. So check it out and mm-hmm. uh, see what. Feel free to recommend stuff to us if yeah, you're yeah. like you guys should check this out or uh, you think you've got a hot tip. Yep. Then. Give us your hot tip. Let us know. And uh, thanks for tuning in if you've clicked on the Copenhagen Post. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and thanks for if you just tuned in. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you just tune in, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool of you. And uh, I think... Uh, yeah? Yeah. All right. All right. Okay, cool. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>